Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher or Google Podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the cybersecurity series of the AI in Action podcast. I am your host, John Petherbridge. Today's guest is Dr. Matt Lemon, the Chief Information Security Officer at Huawei Ireland. In this episode, Matt runs through his career and shares some insights on some of the challenges that CISOs face today. So um, I'm Matt Lemon, the CISO for Huawei Mobile Services. Um, I've been working in, in cyber for right about 20, 25 years. How I got into it is I was working in, in networking um, see a long time ago at this stage, um, and working for for a, a company in in Ireland for um, William Fry's Listers, and I started to build out a, a virtualized um, system, replacing all the the on-prem um, pieces of tin that they had, and I, I got involved with the with the security of um, of virtual firewalls and um, uh, you know routing and switching and that kind of stuff, and I kind of found that more interesting and more exciting than the the networking that I was that I was doing. So I started to to take uh, online classes and, and um, classes in face to face, like CISP and, and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and gradually, gradually work myself towards um, a a role where I was looking after the security of, of the the network and and uh, rather than the actual network itself. Yeah. So how 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 much self study and, and classes did it take? How long did it take for to go from a network engineer to being very uh, competent on the security side? Um, I would say, I mean, so I I, I did sit. I did um, a couple of other small courses. I, I went to, you know, I, I joined ISACA, I joined all, you know, OWASP, all of those kinds of um, organizations and went to any of the, the, um, the seminars and briefings that they gave. I'd say over the period of about a year, um, I went from, from being a network engineer um, predominantly to to be in the, um, the the security person um, within within the organisation. I mean, obviously, it carried on from there. I, I went on and did uh, a masters and PhD in, in security and forensics and that kind of stuff. But that you know that's over a much greater period of time. But yeah. if you, if you have a good understanding of of networking um, and you have an interest in security. You're prepared to put the work in, you know, the self-study, the, the, the financial commitment um, to the coursework. Um, if you're lucky enough to be in an organization that will sponsor that, so much the better. But yeah, I, I reckon about a year to, oh. to be competent. It's, um, 
a year, yeah, a year is a very quick turnaround, especially for the CISSP. There's a lot of people that was, that take a bit of time out to to get to get that right. Um, and I get that that route into security through from through networking. Um, it is quite a common path that people take. Um, from your experience, is there any particular path that that you feel has kind of brings out the the strongest type of security professional, or is it um does it kind of vary on the type of role you want to slot yourself into? I think both, to be honest. I think it does depend to some extent on the type of of role. If you want to be a CISO, um, you know, if that's your goal, then there, I think there's a slightly different route. You need to be more uh, business oriented um, because you know a lot a lot of people will not understand that security now, um, as opposed to 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, is is a business thing now it's not it's, it's more like hr or finance or um like, uh you know marketing it's it's a business function and um, yeah my role is is not to be the gatekeeper that i was 10 years or so ago where people would come and say can we do this you say no can't do that because it's not secure um we're more of a of a business enabler um, so as a result, we need to understand the business. We need to have uh, representation at the top level, which is, you know, that's where the C and CISO comes from. You're, you're a C-level uh, exec. Yeah. So, um, and if you don't have, if, if that's not the, the direction that you want to go, um, then I think more technical uh, role, if you, if you want to be... Um, I don't know, a SOC manager or, or something like that, then it is a, it's a, a much more technical role. It's less business. It's still business driven, but it's not, not really, um, you know, a, a top level business role. Yeah. But I think the type of people I uh, see a, a reasonable amount of coming through is people that would have had a fairly um, regimented background so maybe ex-military ex uh, police forces in, in whatever country um, and a lot of people from finance backgrounds because they do have that to do a, a kind of sock role uh, whether it's an analyst or, or the manager you need to be very very focused and very uh, regimented in your approach to what you do you need to be able to I don't know whether it's going to come out right, but you need to be able to follow the rules and, and you know, do uh, A, B, and C before you get to, to Z. Um, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Quite disciplined in the, in the, pro, in the process. Kind of yeah. The process to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Discipline is a big, big part of it. Yeah. Um, and so at what stage in your career then did you decide you wanted to, did this role of a CISO become your, your target or, or your goal? Once I started getting more into security and, and more technical, it was probably, so I spent quite a few years at, at uh, Fry's. Um, I was probably part way through, through my uh, role at Fry's that, that I realized that there was a role that, that, was, um, that would give me the opportunity to be part of the business. 
also to keep my because obviously I'm from a technical background and I, I would never want to lose that. Um, yeah. But when I realized that there was a role that, that would give me both um, and was more senior, that, that's kind of when I realized that um, that was the route that I wanted to, to go down to be able to make some kind of positive contribution to the business, to protect it. Um, and also to, to have a team, uh, that I'm a very small team, but a team that was working with me to, to for the same the same goal, you know, to protect the the organisation and, and its customers or clients. Yeah, good stuff. But, um, yeah, there's there's just so many different defined career paths you can take in, in security and the cybersecurity and the business risk space. That it's a uh, yeah, I'm always interested to see where at what point do people decide that this is where they want to be and and what the path looked like so yeah that that's really good um i suppose as a CISO you've been a CISO for a good while now um and you've worked in public sector consulting so obviously William Fry, legal firms banking now mobile like was this a part of your master plan to to, to work in all these different industries and variety of sectors or did you simply like go where the opportunities were a little bit of both um to, in, early on i went where where the opportunities were because you know as a as a new seat so um it, it's not as easy to get a um a role as it is when you've got 20 years or, or whatever um so yeah. early on i i just kind of went with the flow to you know um saw who was who was looking for security people, who was looking to, to hire heads of security or CISOs or whatever you want to call them at the time. Yeah. Um, and then as 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 I, I uh, got more experience and, and did more work, I was a bit more choosy in, in, in what I did. Um, so I was more interested in the organization and what they were about um, than um, just moving to the to the next role because it was I don't know ten grand more of a salary or, or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, early on I, I just took uh, whatever seemed like the next logical step, and then later on um, is is when you get the chance to um, to almost pick and choose the the companies that you you work for or work with. And and I've been lucky that. Um, the companies that I've worked with have all been great, great companies. Um, you know, they uh, they've all been uh, high profile um, and um, and companies that have wanted to do security for the right reasons. Because I, I've, I have worked with uh, in in consulting um, and and worked with some clients that want to do security for almost for the marketing. So they want, they want to be seen to be doing security, um, yeah. but not because um, they necessarily want to make sure that everything is secure. They just want maybe the, the ISO certificate or the, the CSA star certificate or, or whatever is the, the certificate they're after um, just to put on their website um, rather than for, for the right reasons. Yeah, to that kind of ties into as well why it is a business function and is a, it is as important as your marketing um, to have a business that is 
is secure and certified, it, it generates trust from customers and then investors as well. So yeah, like that that does happen. I'd say that happens quite a bit. Um, it's interesting when you say like when you're starting off, you kind of go with the flow with the different type of roles that come in, and now it's at a point when mm. once you get a few credible, high-profile um, businesses under your belt and on your resume, you um, you ultimately you start to have a bit more of a choice. It's um, when looking at CISOs, it's it's kind of sometimes it, it could be a bit confusing or not confusing, hard to see like outside of not hitting the headlines with a huge data breach, what is a quantifiable measure of like success for a CISO to carry forward with like his or her next role? Yeah, because I, I think to some extent, probably some of the best CISOs are the ones that you never hear about because you know the, the companies that they're in don't get hit by uh, whatever the, the vulnerabilities or the, the latest threats are. Um, but I think it's very difficult to come up with one quantifiable measure, but it, it, I suppose I, I have this thing that I call the, the, the CISO Big Five, which is five things um, that everything that the team does and that I do has to roll up into. Um, and, and one of those is that we have uh, zero um, uh, realized threats or, or, or vulnerabilities. Um, you know, I mean, that's a bit optimistic, but it's a, you have to set the target somewhere. So the target for me is that we have zero, um, zero breaches, zero, um, zero events that cause, cause a, a data loss. Outside of, of that, I think you, you're into business, um, business type of uh, things. So you, you're talking about the contribution that security makes to the to the business, um, and by that, I, I suppose I mean from a from a reputation point of view and going out and talk. So I, I go ahead and talk to uh, customers and, and potential customers. Both in in role now in in Huawei, um, especially in, in IBM a few years ago, um, I would have spent a lot of time talking to clients and reassuring them of what it was that we were doing from a security perspective, making sure that they were comfortable with what we were doing, and if they weren't, uh, getting to the bottom of of why not, um, and trying to alleviate their concerns and and prove to them that what we are doing is effective um, and is um, a benefit to not only our business but would also be to, to them as well. You know, it's, it's partly like the supply chain management. So you know, all companies have their own procurement channels um, and part of part of our procurement is to, to do um, our due diligence on our suppliers. So they have to complete um, various, um, or they have to pass through various gates before we're, we will onboard them as a supplier. And one of those is that um, we have to be confident and, and assured of, of their security posture. Um, yeah. So that if, if, they're, if we're doing business with them, we don't want to be uh, hit by something because they were, I don't say negligent, but lacking in some particular area. You know, you, you, if you think back a few years to when uh, Target got hit hugely, that was because yeah. of the, one of their air, air conditioning suppliers 
we don't want to be in the same position. Yeah, all that third party risk, it's it's huge. Yeah. Um, and you actually you, you published a, an article like last year, I think, on on the the tenure average tenure of a CISO is twenty six months. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's definitely seems seems true from all the, the different people I've engaged with and that I've seen on senior profiles and stuff. Do you want to just tell us a little bit more about that and, and uh, where the article came from? Yeah, it's partly from experience and partly from research that I uh, did when I was uh, doing my PhD. It is, uh, it, it's an extremely stressful job being the CISO. Um, and, and that's not to say that other roles aren't equally stressful, but um, the, the team members that, that you have are also under increased stress. And I think part of that is because there is a lack of uh, a lack of people, a lack of skills out there um, to fill the roles. So everybody ends up working at 110, 120% of, of capacity. Um, so, you know, CISOs, partly because there is a lack of, of uh, skill as well, are, are also in demand. So it seems like an, uh, an easy option when things are, um, are, are getting really stressful or you are not getting support from uh, the senior management that, um, you know, it, the grass is always greener on the other side, you know, so people do move. Um, part of that, I think, also is, is the fact that there's a very poor work-life balance, um, mm. especially in the situation that we are now, with everybody working from home. Um, when, when you're a CISO or, or security manager or whatever, it's very easy when you get home after however many hours you've done, you come home, you switch your laptop on, maybe you go and have dinner, then you switch your laptop on, or the phone comes out and you're checking the emails, you're checking the, the IM messages, um, because otherwise you don't know what is going on unless somebody picks up the phone and, and actually rings you. Um, so the number of hours that, that a, a, a typical CISO puts in is, is way above um, the, the number of hours that they're, they're contracted for. Um, yeah. uh, you know, you, you, I suppose the typical is, is what, 40, 45 hours or something. And, and you would put in quite a bit more than that. Um, and even when you're, when I go on holiday, I, the company phone will come with me. I'll tell people that I'm not going to answer it, but you know, if they ring, we'll answer it because your, your neck to some extent is on the line if, if yeah. things go pear-shaped. So, you, you know, you, you want to make sure that even though you're away um, or off for, for a couple of days, that um, things in the office are, are still going okay. Uh, I suppose another point would be the, the understanding and the support from, from other executives and um, from other um, you know, from, from the board and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in the role that I'm in now in that I report to the chief executive and I have his support and understanding and, and also from the rest of the executive team. Um, 
or we're included in in everything. Um, yeah. That hasn't that hasn't always been the case in in other roles, and it's very discouraging and disheartening when you have uh, gone into a a role. Maybe in your previous role you were quite comfortable, but somebody's come after you fairly aggressively, and you've you've changed roles uh, with lots of promises, but you don't get the support from from the rest of the executive team or from the board and yeah. you've come in to do a particular job with lots of great ideas that you've built up over the last few years and then you you go uh, asking for a budget to do whatever project that you said you were going to do when you were interviewed or, or, or talking initially um, and you have to fight for for that budget and ultimately it's, it's, we, we don't go asking for this cash just for the fun of it. We're, we're asking for this because it makes the business more secure and that makes the business more sustainable, makes the business more profitable ultimately, um, and protects the, the, the data of our customers, our clients, um, our own data. Um, and there is a, a perceived lack of support uh, from, from the board, which I think also... It's a stressful thing. That that is a common. It, it is very common to hear that the the kind of when candidates are applying for CISO roles or they're interested in CISO roles or you're discussing those types of roles. The, the questions are so: who are you reporting? Who will I be reporting into? And that gives them an indicator if they're going to have money to play with or if they're going to have to fight for everything. Or it can be. Um, it, they've obviously been burned before, so they don't want to be put themselves in that position again. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a definitely a, a challenging role, but it's definitely it's something to. You can see why you, like, the reason why you went, you want to get into being a CISO and why you you took your career in that direction because it is such it can be such an influential role and really impact the business in such a positive way. Um, if you were to, is there any kind of single challenge as a CISO that you say is probably the the greatest one faced? Um, I suppose for, in, in, in my career, the biggest challenge has, has been to get the reporting line as high up as possible. I, I know we, we were just talking about that, but I suppose um, if I were on the other side of the fence and interviewing for a CISO and they ask, who am I going to be reporting to? Um, if they're not happy at the level that they're reporting to and they're pushing for higher up, that would be an indication to me that you've got somebody that is um, pretty keen to, uh, to to get the support of you know the, the top table um, yeah. and also um, somebody that's that's worth hiring. But it is that it is the most difficult. You see an awful lot of CISOs that report to CIOs or maybe to COOs, um, and I mean it's a COO. I, I can understand um you know that, that that's a more more senior role um the cio there's often conflicts um you know the cio is there to to deliver it and the CISO is there to to some extent to do the same thing but to deliver it in a secure manner and there can be a lot of uh clashes or disagreements um which which i've <laughs> had Add to everybody's uh, stress load. I can only imagine, like it is, 
I guess you just have to be strategic and these it's just like any role really you really have to know what you're walking into um and we alluded to it previously but um one of the things that it can be challenging one of the challenges can be getting the skill sets and having them on board with you it's the numbers fluctuate so much about the global skills shortage in cyber security um from from your experience on the market and from your oversights of different security teams and so on like what do you think is the, where, where do you think the biggest skill deficit lies in security my opinion i think is that the biggest skill shortage is in people that are able to work in a either a sock or, or a talk at, at a, a very technical level um you know you can get people that have a year as as or a year or two and and they'll diff, uh, define themselves as a, as a security analyst, but then you, you, you start delving into uh, how do, their technical knowledge goes, and it's not, it's, it's not at the level that you, you need for somebody to do a, a, a kind of SOC or, or a TOC uh, role. Um, so I think that that's where the biggest shortage is. I mean, it's a, the shortage is, is everywhere. I, I, as you've said, the, the, the figures change. I think that last time I looked, they were predicting we were going to be two million short by uh, the end of this year. I, I I gave up looking because I just know that we're short of people. Yeah, <laughs> so, I know. Yeah, sometimes you just don't need the facts and figures. There's just a yeah. big shortage. Um, yeah, I, there's some really good initiatives. We're upskilling people in and trans- transitioning their skill sets into cyber security. Um, fast tracking to IT is really good. Um, they have a cyber security program, but then also there's a lot of businesses that are doing um, like initiatives and uh, kind of apprenticeship programs to kind of skill people from different areas of cyber security. So that should hopefully bear some fruit in the next, in the next few years. But um, yeah, look, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I- I've got one last question that, um, that we'll close this out on but uh yeah so obviously you've had such a long you're, you're having a long career in cyber security it's not going to end <laughs> <soon>. <laughs> um if, if you could be remembered by one thing that you contributed to the cyber security community what would it be and why what one thing i really want to do is elevate the position of the c so so that it is seen more as a, as a business functional role um, and that security, um, I know I'm saying two things now, but um, <laughs> the, other, the other thing is that security is, is uh, not seen anymore as, as the, the roadblock. That's not, that's not what we're about. We're, we're uh, business people the same as finance, the same as HR, um, and our role is to try and help the business accomplish its goals um, and rather than being the people that just used to say no we are now the people that used to say oh, sorry that do say well no we can't do it that way but if we just change this then we can do it that way and we become more of an enabler than um, a roadblock it's a really good answer yeah yeah you for thinking on your toes that was perfect um <laughs> but um Matt, thanks so much. It's been great, great catching up with you and um, I really appreciate your time. Thanks very much, John. Pleasure. AI Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting and networking needs. Aulis offer an exec search program. 
Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.